Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Is it possible to be forsaken or to be abandoned by someone whom you do not love? There may be a soldier or a business partner who's supposed to have your back, but real abandonment comes from loved ones, spouses, mothers, fathers, siblings, and friends. It is even more real when the abandoned one depends on the other. Love and need go together, and this makes demands on our relationships. A father's love for his son should eclipse his love for himself. How many fathers here would not willingly give their life for their son? This reality should prompt questions in our heart. How can God, who is love himself, abandon the Son of God at the cross? Can it be true that Jesus Christ is abandoned by his Father? Didn't he say, the Father and I are one? The deist, Thomas Jefferson of old and his modern, like thinkers, his counterparts today, are quick to answer these questions. For them, God is merely a creator, not a father. He makes and sets in motion, but he does not love and govern. Their God is a God of power, but not of love. What seems to be abandonment is merely the consequence of existing in a perpetual system. The watchmaker has no time for the watch. The nihilists, likewise, feel no sense of abandonment. For them, the suffering Christ is merely the truth of all men. And they're hubris. They say love is dead. One need not look for it in the void. Since a God of love does not exist for them, he cannot abandon his son. There are no simple answers to the mystery of life, and especially the mystery of God. Lies Silence questions which ought to be pondered. The true answer to such questions dwells in mystery because much like Christ's parables, we are meant to seek the truth.
St. Augustine, a doctor of the church, learned from Jesus, and we must learn from his words. He instructs us, Christ hanging on the cross is like a teacher in his teaching chair. Our first lesson is to read Psalm 22. By crying out, our Lord and Savior uses these first words from the psalm, and he instructs us to turn to it. This prophetic psalm finds its true meaning fulfilled in the moment of self-gift on the cross. One thousand years earlier, the psalmist prophesied the crucifixion. Not only does the psalm give detailed description to the passion, but also the promise of the resurrection. The second to last verse of the psalm reads, And to him my soul shall live, and my seed shall serve him. Christ is the firstborn of the dead, generating new children for God. He will live for God, and many will live through him. Yet the lesson is not over there. Jesus does not speak upon the cross as an actor. His lesson is not a mere recitation of a script. His cry comes from his very sacred heart. From the depths of the human nature that he assumed. He feels his forsakenness more than the nails in his hands and in his feet. Spiritual pain is always more piercing. Jesus teaches us on the cross that when we feel most abandoned, the love of God is present. Our Lord knew and believed in God's love, for it is his very person. God can no more easily, God can more easily not exist than be separated from himself. Christ shows us that we are called to enter into that mysterious union, which abides below the surface of our very being. Even though we may not be, in, even though we may be incessantly dry in prayer, facing a scourge or a trial, or be inflicted with the most unjust suffering, God is present. He has not abandoned you. He could never abandon you. St. Augustine has a famous line that God is more present to us than we are to ourselves. This is why the psalmist in Psalm 27 cries out, Even if my mother 
and my father forsake me, the Lord will take me in. And as we read from the prophet Isaiah, the Lord says to us, Can a mother forget her infant? Be without tenderness for the child of her womb. Even should she forget, I will never forget you. The deists and nihilists may delight in their answer, but they cannot know the joy of this lesson. The teacher on the cross, the true God, has united himself to us even in our suffering, in our very death. Even in those dark moments, he abides with us, though hidden. So in closing, Let us pray with the words of the Carmelite saint, Elizabeth of the Trinity, who spent her life dwelling with the hidden God who never abandons us. She prays, you are with me even when I do not feel your presence. For what is feeling? What if you are all the closer to me when I do not feel you? I have a solitude within me that is yours alone. 